Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode in our new long-term summer series titled Thanksgiving for Response to the Gospel, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening, both new and those who are returning again. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, we examined Galatians 5, Freedom of the Believer, Part 7, verses 22 through 26. What is amazing is how much shorter this list is from the previous list that tells us of what evil men and women are made. The works of the flesh span three larger verses, and the works of the Spirit span two smaller verses. Is that not like life we live every day? The bad is worse than the good. Here, in Scripture, we have a window to see this really is so. The difference is how much more powerful and productive this shorter list is compared to the latter. This week, we start our long-term summer series. It is found in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. We will start this examination in 1st Thessalonians chapter 1. This examination will last through the course of the summer and possibly into the early fall of 2020. So, let's start. Scripture reads, From Paul and Silvanus and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. We thank God always for all of you as we mention you constantly in our prayers, because we recall in the presence of our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and endurance of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you, in that our gospel did not come to you merely in words, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Surely you recall the character we displayed when we came among you to help you, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord when you received the message with joy that comes from the Holy Spirit, despite great affliction. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For from you the message of the Lord has echoed forth not just in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place reports of your faith in God have spread, so that we do not need to say anything. For people everywhere report how you welcomed us and how you turned to us, from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus our Deliverer from the coming wrath. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Those ten verses end on a rather sober note. The last section after the comma read, Jesus our Deliverer from the coming wrath. That is an impressive statement, spoken as almost an addendum to all that was said seemingly as a greeting. We will see just how powerful a statement that is as we examine this passage. Commentary gives us some history of this church in Thessalonica. Quoting, The gospel was first preached in Thessalonica by Paul and Silas. After their release from imprisonment in Philippi, they passed through Amphilipolis and Apollolona and came to Thessalonica. For some cause they appear not to have paused to preach in either of the first two places, but went at once to the city of Thessalonica. That was a much more important place, and they may have been attracted there particularly because many Jews resided there. It was customary for the Apostle Paul, when he came to a place where there were Jews, to preach the gospel first to them, and as there was a synagogue in Thessalonica, he entered it and, for three Sabbath days, reasoned with the Jews in regard to the Messiah. The points on which he endeavored to convince them were that, according to the scriptures, it was necessary that the Messiah should be put to death and that he would rise from the dead and that all the predictions on these points were completely fulfilled in Jesus of Nazareth. From Barnes New Testament Notes You should also reference Acts chapter 17, verses 2 through 3. It reads, Paul went to the Jews in the synagogue, as he customarily did, and on three Sabbath days he addressed them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and to rise from the dead, saying, quote, This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. End quote. As you can see, commentary is fully supported by Scripture. So, this opening passage in Thessalonians chapter 1 sets a bar for learning then and now. We should note there were four classes of peoples at Thessalonica. They are as follows. Jews, to them Paul preached first, and though the mass of them opposed him and rejected his message, yet some of them believed. We find this supporting reference in the Bible. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a large group of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. Reference Acts chapter 17, verse 4. 2. Greeks who had been proselyted to the Jewish faith and who seemed to have been in attendance on the synagogue, Acts chapter 17, verse 4, they are called, quote, devout Greeks, end quote, that is, religious Greeks, 
or those who had renounced the worship of idols and who attended on the worship of the synagogue. They were probably what the Jews called, quote, proselytes of the gate, end quote, persons who were admitted to many privileges, but who were not proselytes in the fullest sense. There were many such persons usually where a synagogue was established among the Gentiles. 3. Females of the more elevated rank and standing in the community. They were women of influence and were connected with distinguished families. Possibly they also may have been of the number of the proselytes. And finally, 4. Not a few members of the church appear to have been converted from idolatry by the preaching of the apostle or had connected themselves with it after he had left them. Thus, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9, it is said, quote, For they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how, quote, you, end quote, turned to God from idols to serve the living God, end quote. There you have it, the full backup of Thessalonica from the religious point of view. This should better give credence as to why Paul and Silas were so fired up on arriving in Thessalonica, why they wanted to see the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout that land and beyond. So. With that, let us dig deeper. Quoting Scripture We thank God always for all of you as we mention you constantly in our prayers, because we recall in the presence of our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and endurance of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2-3 through three. There is at least two thoughts here we need to explore. First, quote, We thank God always for all of you as we mention you constantly in our prayers. End quote. Commentary tells us this on that portion. For all the members of this church, Jew or Gentile, rich or poor, greater or lesser believers, officers or private Christians, for their being a church, for the gifts bestowed on them, for the graces hereafter mentioned that were wrought in them and exercised by them, the glory of all which is given to God, and thanks for the same, which shows them to be gifts of His, His is God, capital H, which shows them to be gifts of His, and not in the least owing to any merits of men. The apostle ascribes nothing to their free will, previous dispositions and qualifications, diligence and industry, nor does he attribute anything to himself and to his companions, who were only ministers by whom these believed. But he refers all to God, to his grace and goodness, and he returned thanks to him for it, and that always 
whenever he thought of it, made mention of it, or was at the throne of grace. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. That commentary passage is quite definite. We are seeing this again. There is no wiggle room or middle ground. Again, we are all in or we are all out. Middle ground just does not exist, no matter how much we would like it to exist. In the book of Revelation, we are told that God will spew those who choose middle ground out of his mouth. That language is strong and definite. No other way to interpret it. You can only soften it up if you add language that is not present in the text. So, another strong lesson. Notice, too, how commentary identifies their humility. It reads, Not in the least owing to any merits of men, the apostle ascribes nothing to their free will, previous dispositions and qualifications, diligence and industry, nor does he attribute anything to himself and to his companions, who were only ministers, by whom these believed, but he refers all to God, to his grace and goodness, and he returned thanks to him for it. In what seems a strange way to us, those in Thessalonica who were presently saved in Jesus Christ and did works unto that end ascribed nothing to their free will nothing to their previous dispositions and qualifications, nothing to their diligence and industry, nor does Paul attribute anything to himself and to his companions. Where is that kind of humility today? Quoting Scripture, We know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you, in that our gospel did not come to you merely in words, but in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Surely you recall the character we displayed when we came among you to help you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. First notice this from verse 4. If the church at Thessalonica had shown that it was a true church of Christ, chosen by God, then we can learn the following four things. 1. A true church owes that it has to the, quote, election of God, end quote. It is because God has chosen it, has called it out from the world, and has endowed it in such a manner as to be a true church. 2. A church may give evidence that it is chosen of God and is a true church. There are things which it may do, which will show that it is undoubtedly such a church as God has chosen, and such as He approves. There are just principles on which a church should be organized. 
and there is a spirit which may be manifested by a church which will distinguish it from any other association of men. 3. It is not improper to speak with strong confidence of such a church as undoubtedly chosen of God. There are churches which, by their zeal, self-denial, and deadness to the world, show beyond question their, quote, election of God, end quote. And the world may see that they are founded on other principles and manifest a different spirit from other organizations of men. And finally, four. Every church should evince such a spirit that there may be no doubt of its, quote, election of God, end quote. It should be so dead to the world, so pure in doctrine and in practice, and so much engaged in spreading the knowledge of salvation, that the world will see that it is governed by higher principles than any worldly association and that nothing could produce this but the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. Wow! Those four comments from commentary say it all. Can you see that there is simply no wiggle room, no middle ground, no lukewarm spirit thinking and acting? At this point, if you really cannot, you need to look at this much again. For more clarity, let me highlight two strong things found in these four items. 1. There are just principles on which a church should be organized, and there is a spirit which may be manifested by a church which will distinguish it from any other organization of men. That should end strongly with an exclamation point. In that, notice this point. There is a spirit which may be manifested by a church which will distinguish it from any other association of men. The suggestion here is a church may exhibit its own personality and identity. There is also an allusion to the Holy Spirit identifying any church body with a group of spiritual gifts authored and distributed by the Holy Spirit to many individuals of such a church. 2. There are churches which, by their zeal, self-denial, and deadness to the world, show beyond question their, quote, election of God, end quote, and the world may see that they are founded on other principles and manifest a different spirit from other organizations of men. That alone says so very much. 
where in today's churches do we know such things in both the church overall and in its members? So many American churches are self-serving and only seek to keep going on the funding of givings made by its members. With what reasons do these churches exist? Only for themselves? This is not a situation that is, quote, for keeps, end quote. We are to share this newfound salvation in Christ. It is not something we can merely say, well, I will start following Jesus and be done at that point alone. We must also receive him into our hearts and minds so with his power we can do what we are called by him to do. Moving forward. We know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you in that our gospel did not come to you merely in words, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Surely you recall the character we displayed when we came among you to help you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. Notice verse 5. Our gospel did not come to you merely in words, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Is this where you are today or in some other place lacking the power of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and a particular sense of self-denial for it all to happen through you? Meek, meager, and imperfect people where we yet see the power of God and His Holy Spirit making themselves manifest because we are His true children. Next week, we will examine Part 2 in this mini-series. We will continue in this portion of Scripture. We will pick this up in verse 6, where it says, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Play or download next week's episode, Thanksgiving for Response to the Gospel, Part 2. Download this episode next week from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. 
please find a short link to our episode titled How to Be Saved at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us Who We Are a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website. Our subdomain hosted at site 123 is unchurched dot site one two three dot m e this website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with find direct links to all our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item our rss feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms please use the search phrase church of the un, insert dash symbol, churched, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, All linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com. Dot podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.